Welcome back to the Healthy Scratches podcast, episode three. We're super happy for everyone that's been joining us thus far and on the journey for our sports events and journalism. As always, my name is Alex Mandarino, and I am joined by... Jackson Kerbel. Justin Eberg. And Eric Cruikshank. Fantastic, gents. So let's just jump right in. Normally, I know we go some back and forth. There's been a lot that's been going on these days, so I think we should jump in. Now, normally, we like to start in the past in terms of the last few days, but I think we should start in the present and even the future a couple of days. So uh, the NBA All-Star Game and the festivities in general. So NBA All-Star Weekend is back this weekend, boys. Uh, so it occurs starting today, uh, Friday, February 16th, until Sunday, February 18th in Indianapolis. Uh, so you got the All-Star Game takes place on Sunday, Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Rising Stars Game is actually tonight, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and then you have the, obviously, all the fantastic festivities on Saturday, the dunk contest. You have uh, the three-point contest with uh, Sabrina Ionescu and St- uh, Steph Curry. So a lot going on. Uh, I'll just kind of throw it out there for anyone that's interested. Any thoughts on this weekend in general? Uh, anybody want to kick things off here? Uh, yeah, I can start off. I'm excited uh, for the celebrity game that's tonight. I don't know if you guys have seen <laughs> oh, the yeah. rosters there. Uh, so it's Team Stephen A. Smith versus Team Shannon Sharp. The other coaches are uh, 50 Cent. He's going to be coaching with uh, Shannon. And for Stephen A., he's got Lil Wayne and uh, Aja Wilson. Right on. Um, Quavo in it this year? He seems to always be in it. I don't think so, but there are a couple of NFL players um, right. that I'm interested to see on Team Shannon. There's Micah Parsons, oh and my God. on he, he would dominate the paint, bro. Team Stephen A. is <laughs> CJ Stroud. So two uh, multi-sport athletes. I'm interested to see how these guys are going to perform. That's, the celebrity game, I feel like, is a pretty underrated part where you get to see these people out of their element. Um, I remember there was a dude from Arcade Fire. I forget what his name is, but he was just legendary. Talk about dealist celebrity. Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's Canadian reference. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah, figured I I'd throw that in there. But I saw a clip of Micah Parsons dunking with ferocity today. Is that a word? I don't know. I just yeah, made it, it a word. is now. Um, <laughs> he, if there's a celebrity game MVP, I would put my money on him. Is Jack wow. Harlow in there this year? <laughs> you already coming out with maybe suit and lock? No, I don't think that. I don't think there's markets for that. But if there was, <laughs> you'd be throwing a little bit of money on that. Maybe. I'm pumped for the dunk contest, uh, boys. I think especially this year, I feel like the past few years, there hasn't been like a ton of, of uh, big names that have participated in the dunk contest. Um, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but this year you got a guy like Jalen Brown who's just going to put it all on the line, and I love that. Because obviously back in 2000, you got Vince Carter, you have Tracy McGrady. 2016 was obviously massive in Toronto, and it kind of lit the lamp for continuing a lot of the NBA dunk contest kind of fandom. Um, but I feel like in the past few years, maybe it's just me, I haven't seen a whole lot of excitement. Mac McClung last year was yeah, just saying, Did you watch that? That was fire. Yeah, that was fire. His final dunk was insane. He's also back this year. He is yeah, back yeah. this yeah. year. And so I feel like favorite. hopefully that brings a lot of heat. I'm just excited to see a little bit more star-studded uh, talent in it this year in particular. So it's what? Obi Toppin's brother, Jacob, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Jalen yeah. Brown, Mac McClung, and who's the fourth guy? Jame uh, Hakez uh, Jr. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the rookie. The That's rookie. UCLA. Two white boys in one dong contest. Holy. Let's see. Um, yeah, it should be good. The I'm, I'm a big fan of the three-point contest, um, and there's two of them this year. But the main one, you see some of the best three-point shooters kind of choke up in this contest, so it's interesting to see how that goes this year. Um Carl Anthony Towns is going to be a weird one. He, he's he's done it before, and I think he's won it in like yeah, 2018, really? yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, he was he was great when he and the game itself performed. Sunday night. Like personally, uh, just like I don't I hate to compare it, but 
I do like the schedule a lot better than the NHL schedule. I like having Friday, Saturday, Sunday compared to Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Or Friday, Saturday, like it was before for the NHL. Um, Saturday night, you just you're able to get more viewers. I feel like, and the NBA does put on a good show usually. Uh, I know the slam dunk contest in the past since 2016, I would say to last year, it wasn't the best, but. It's still when everyone wants to come yeah, out. It's still a hot commodity. Yeah, your top celebrities come out there every year. They still go out and enjoy the show. Yeah, absolutely. I have a question for you guys. Do you think a team is going to hit 200 points this year? Last year, the final score was 184 yeah. to 175. So, so I actually, before we jump into that, I'm going to follow up with that, Eric. The the over-under, I believe, as of last night was 365 and a half. I have 364, so, but, okay. but yours might be updated. Yeah, that's possible. But it's, regardless, yeah, it's possible. It's no defense at all, like whatsoever. I think it's going over. I think it's going over, I too. I think that's fair. I would say 200 points seems reasonable this year. for. And whoever gets hit. the MVP, more often than not, is just the guy that tries the hardest. And especially since we're seeing scoring up this year in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. that's true, like consistently. Mm-hmm. I can see a... Uh, it's in Indiana, right? So yeah. maybe yep. like a Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. Taking a... I think Giannis is the favorite. Mm-hmm. If he just yeah drives the hoop, no one's going to go in front of him for the All Star game. Now, boys, so. like, what do you guys think of this All LED court that they are oh, yeah. bringing out? I'm going to be like, obviously, I think it's a drastically different experience in person than watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a, a cool experiment. I don't know. I, some people as basketball purists are probably going to hate it, yeah. but well, I, yeah, the old heads are going to be. Yelling at their TVs big time that night. It's the same people that complained about the in-season tournament courts, which, mm-hmm. to be honest, I wasn't a massive fan of probably like 75 to 80% of yeah. them. There were some nice ones. Um, but I feel like it's just a cool step in the right direction. The NBA is known for, for going a little outside the box, so I feel like I have to commend them yeah, they for get, that. They do a lot more creativity than what a lot of the other leagues do, I feel like. Uh, of course, like the NFL likes to go t- uh, to Europe and start doing that more, but like actual... In game stuff, the NBA probably is the most creative, um, and yeah, they. <laughs> I'm excited to see what the court actually looks like on TV while you're watching, um, and what the players like have a reaction to it. Yeah, I feel like the NBA, out of all the leagues, has kind of been like at the forefront of like innovation for sports entertainment. They're not afraid to take risks and stuff like that because they have such a massive fan base and they'll get the feedback immediately. Um, Adam Silver, baby. Yeah. Like, like to your point, the All-Star game is the perfect place to do this Oh, as well. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and we'll transition. We'll get back to a bit of basketball in a bit too, but on to a sport to a league that I know we all love but doesn't take as many risks. But in this particular case, uh, we're just going to talk about uh, recent news of Jarmo Kekalainen. So uh, he was relieved of his duties as Columbus Blue Jackets general manager on Thursday morning, uh, just uh, over just over his 11th season with the club. So he held his tenure since 2012, 2013. Uh, They've made the playoffs. This is the Blue Jackets in five of the years under the former GM, posting one series victory. I think we can all remember that sweep over the Lightning in 2018, 2019 playoffs. And then obviously probably more uh, more so for us Leaf fans on here, the qualifying (laughs) round uh, the the following year against uh, obviously our Leafs. So just a couple notable moves before we get into Kekalainen. Um, Drafting Wierenski in 2015. Eighth overall, Dubois. I don't know if you consider that Yikes. memorable, Yikes. but you know, third overall at that point, uh, hey, the following year, they got Go a ahead. decent haul from him. From I know it's like yeah, and it's it's not his fault that Dubois is just a 
a dink in the locker room. No, for sure. Now, that being said, a couple more notable ones, just like Kent Johnson, uh, I believe, a couple of years ago, and then Adam Fantilli last year. On the flip side, you know, you have the Mike Babcock debacle this mm-hmm. past uh, offseason. And then uh, in, I believe it was 2018-19 trade deadline, he did bring in Panarin, uh, uh, Temi Panarin and Matt Duchesne. Unfortunately, was not able to get them signed. Just a final note before I pass it off. Uh, the f- two remaining GMs, actually, does anyone know the two remaining GMs that have h- held a longer tenure than Kekalainen before he was fired? Anyone want to take a wager or <sighs> guess? I, I, re- I read there? this this morning. I didn't make note of it like a dummy. Longest tenured, basically, like Correct. that are active. Uh, Curr- they're currently in their positions as well. Bill Guerin. That's a good one, but it's not Bill Guerin. Juddy, any guesses at all? I'm for some reason my head like with thinking, the same team. Same team. My head's thinking Lou, but it can't be Lou. No, he's been on four different teams. Yeah, that's a great guess too. It is actually St. Louis's Doug Armstrong, mm, uh, by okay. the hired by the Blues in 2010, and then Kevin Cheveldayoff oh, wow. with yeah, Winnipeg yeah. in 2011. Um, he's been in Winnipeg forever. It feels like I should have yeah, an obvious yeah. answer. Any any thoughts on this, boys? Is it like you know long time coming, or what does everyone think about this? Yeah, I think um like. As bad as they've been, I think they actually outperformed themselves kind of under uh, Kekalainen based on the rosters they had. Like you said, since 2013, um, they've made the playoffs five times. Wasn't all that with Torts, though? You can argue. You could argue that, but I mean. Because um, he inherited Todd Richards, and they didn't do anything really until they hired he, till he hired John Tortorella. Sure, but I mean, when you look at Yarmo's impact, you could say – like bringing in someone like Goudreau, I know that that's not really been the the signing yeah. that has panned out. Line A as well. Um, bringing in Line A, um, the line the the Goudreau one especially is interesting because a highly touted free agent to a yeah. pretty undesirable no one, team. And no one saw it coming. Yeah, um, and with the Line A trade. They also got Jack Roslevic, which is a big deal. Yeah, right. Jack Roslevic. I was thinking, like, he was a great addition to oh, that squad. Oh, for sure. And then when they traded away Seth Jones, I think that mm. was actually a sneaky, underrated deal because they got Adam Boquist back yeah. and a first-round pick mm-hmm. who ended up turning into be uh, Cole Sillinger. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's a bit of history. Tater. <laughs> I think, yeah, interestingly t- enough, t- and t- to that point, you know, on, on the line A, Goudreau, and Roslevic, like, you know, I mentioned just earlier, like, Panarin and Bobrovsky, even that same year, they left. So Columbus couldn't hold any free agents to kind of stay Mm -hmm. on their team. So to bring in a guy like Goudreau, obviously, like you said, still just under a point per game, if I'm not mistaken. But I think it's a big win for them in that sense. Yeah, like he's brought in talent in the like past couple of years. Goudreau is the biggest one. But like if you're if you're looking at it from like a signing uh, aspect, I feel like he went out and got someone that you weren't expecting Columbus to ever get. And yes, it hasn't panned out the way like you know Johnny Goudreau hasn't been the best or best version of himself like he was in Calgary. Thirty five points in fifty two games, a minus twenty one rating. Yeah, so like he's not the best version of himself like you got like he was in Calgary, but you did go out and do your job of getting the top free agent of that class, and you have to give him props for doing that. Like, <laughs> not many people can get a top free agent to come to. A Columbus. I know he lost out. He did, wasn't able to get Matt Duchesne to resign. He wasn't able to get uh, Panarin. Well, Panarin, and he wasn't able to get Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky to come back. Like those are the big names that like, you you think of when you think of people leaving Columbus in the last couple of years. But to get Goudreau, it was pretty impressive. I have to say. Yeah. Um, 
and just going back to Alex, just kind of the recent stuff that I think really tipped it over the edge for him because obviously they haven't been successful in the past uh, few seasons. But the Babcock hiring was a disaster. How they've handled Elvis Merzlikens mm-hmm. and his contract, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, how totally it's kind agree. of been in the public that they both want to part ways with each other. How they've handled <laughs> their best defensive prospect, David Yerchak. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, he's very much an NHL-ready defenseman, and he's in the AHL right now um, for whatever reason, and there seems to be a lot of turmoil between uh, his camp and the organization. So hopefully they don't burn that bridge because that is a massive piece of their future. Um, but let's be real, though. If you're the Blue Jackets, it makes sense to do this right now. Like, you weren't happy with where the team was going. You weren't happy with where the team was. So I get like you're kind of middleman right now, but it makes sense to do this move at this current time, in yeah. my opinion. They're sitting in 29th place in league standings, 42 points. Uh, I know that Pascal Vincent, their current coach, kind of got thrown in there after mm-hmm. Babcock obviously was let go or, or mutually parted ways, <laughs> however you want to put that. Um but he was sitting like Patrick Line early in the season, healthy scratching him. Shout out. Um, sent Kent Johnson Kent down. Kent Johnson. I think Goudreau was healthy scratched yeah. for a bit. So I don't know. It's just a little a little hectic. I'm sure the new GM might have some words and bring in a new guy. Who knows? I don't want to. They probably just that. want like a new philosophy right before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Right? They can't mm-hmm. go through yeah. another deadline with the same guy, with the direction kind of being. Uh, unclear the past few seasons they just want uh, i think a fresh new perspective i think they're definitely going to look externally rather than hire internally definitely agree. um so it'll be There's interesting some, story to follow we got some great coaches on the market right now so mm-hmm. yes i totally agree that they're going externally on this uh, hire uh if they do decide to hire and they don't think that who they have is going to get the job done then we'll see amazing so we'll stick with hockey here um we have a couple of updates on our boy Morgan Riley. He's unfortunately not in Alcatraz, oh, pending shit. allegations um, from our boy Curbs. <laughs> so just a brief recap. I'll go as quickly as possible here. But Morgan Riley, obviously, of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, he was offered an in-person hearing with the Department of Player Safety on Tuesday to determine a suspension length. This coming from uh, Saturday night's cross-check to forward Ridley Gregg on the Ottawa Senators. Assault. Assault. With a deadly uh, weapon. So the verdict for Morgan <laughs> Riley's suspension, again, I think we talked about this offline, but it was like hours after we dropped our or recorded i should say his uh the verdict was delivered uh, tuesday evening uh that he was issued a five-game suspension so on wednesday morning the nhl players association actually announced that it would be filing an appeal on riley's behalf so there's only one step appeal process in this case because the suspension didn't exceed five games mm-hmm. and so riley will meet with gary bettman today i believe i don't know if that's yeah taking it, place. Is, it is today um yeah but to go off that point, I think we all said, uh, except for Curbs, three games. I and said then, two. Uh, well, yeah, I initially said, said Alcatraz, but then I was yeah, like, no, yeah, to be serious, two games. Me, Eric, and Mando said three games, and I think if he's going to appeal this, I really think three games is the perfect fit mm-hmm. for what the response I, is. And he has served two. He served two already. Yeah. yeah. I can see them at this point. I think they'll knock it down maybe one game to four. I think you they think keep four? it. I think they keep if it anything, yeah. I, I like... Um, he does have a squeaky clean record, like we talked about. Yeah, there are eleven yeah. seasons, um, but just based on the time remaining, I think they're gonna. Just I think I think they chose five on purpose because if it was six, they would have knocked it to four or five. Yeah, mm-hmm. going five originally, I think they're just gonna leave it at five. Yeah. A bit of interesting uh, news, or I guess like uh, comparable in a, in a way. So 
I don't know if anyone remembers Jason Sus- uh, Jason Suspetsa. Jason Spetsa suspension. <laughs> Jason. Let's put respect on this guy's Sen's, name. Boy. Sen's legend. Sen's legend. Uh, his six his uh, six game suspension in 2021 uh, was reduced to four games. This was after his low hit on Neil Pionk. I watched the video again last night. Mm-hmm. He kind of like need him in the head, but he was already following Pionk in that situation. Um, so I think that was a, a situation where a leaf was reduced uh, suspension by an appeal. So uh, I, interesting notes. Refresh my mind is or memory. Uh, was that his first suspension? Yeah. So well? I think Bettman. I don't have the quote in front of me, but I think Bettman cited his like clean history. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, like, and, and we know Spets is a respectable player. I think he cited his clean history as a result of the the reduction. So we kind of have a similar position here in Riley. So uh, yep. Spetsa wasn't Riley's age. I'm sure he had a couple more years on him, but still yeah. notable. I know it's two notable players um, with notable plays that ended up in suspensions. But uh, realistically, four games, like you guys said, probably seems about right. But like we said on the first spot or last podcast on Tuesday, Three games felt like it was a right uh, call on this one. Uh, I didn't agree with the five-game suspension. I thought that was too much. Um, maybe not for Curbs. He wanted him gone, locked away. But realistically, what what was it that like really the NHL was like? We got to suspend this guy for five games. Like why it was could the head you contact? Why could you not yeah. give him two or three? And the history with Paros and the Leafs. We've seen. I don't, I don't know. I think that's played up. That's definitely it's some speculation going on in the internet. Spec. I don't believe it. Yeah. I think it's played up quite a bit. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think the five games, it's might be a little bit too much, but they're trying to set a precedent, right? And it's something that they've been talking about forever about getting out of the game. So I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think this was totally out of the realm of possibility for him to get five. Uh, after seeing the play, everyone knew that it was bad and that it was going to be something uh, significant. And it just might not have been the uh, punishment that Leafs fans expected, I guess. I don't know. And, hey, the Leafs are 2-0. Who needs them, right? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Next, yeah. Three, next three games last are Ducks, Blues, went, and Coyotes. When, <laughs> last year they went 12-2-1, uh, I'm pretty sure, without them. So oh, wow. Past, maybe re, past maybe he's the cancer he's on the, <laughs> the roster. Actually, yeah, put him in Alcatraz <laughs> now, right? Yeah. Um, just send him there. Nah, Sen's going to use him. Sen's going to use him. So, fun Sen's fact, just in terms of him. in terms of the, the Leafs' uh, schedule, so they face the Ducks at home on Saturday, Blues on the road, I believe, next Tuesday, and then a few days later, the Yotes, Coyotes on the road, and then they continue. So, that's obviously, like, a little bit, not weaker, but, like, they have, you know, they can it's probably a soft sketch. It's a soft sketch. It's a soft sketch. But then, lads. Yotes aren't something to sleep on, though. Here, and and yeah. that's fair. But then they transition, uh, continuing on the road trip with the Golden Knights, then they play the Avs, and then they play the Golden Knights at home the next week. So ideally, perfect timing. Obviously, Riley's going to be back for those three games, but ideally, if he can re- reduce his his uh, suspension and he can get his legs under him yeah. for those softer games, maybe that's a, that's key. So we'll see. We'll see how, where it goes. We'll see. We'll see. Now we're going to transition back to basketball. So apologies for the folks at home. We're back at basketball for a historic night. Uh, Iowa star Mrs. Caitlin Clark. Clark. Yeah, Here we Mrs. go. Clark. Iowa star Caitlin Clark. So she broke the scoring record for NCAA women's basketball Thursday night against Michigan, putting up 49 points, five rebounds, 13 assists. Who previously um, held the record? It was Kelsey, Kelsey Plum. Bad boy. So there you go. go. Do you know 3,527 uh, points? Do you know How what you? Uh, university? Washington. Yes. Go Huskies. Do you um, know what years? 2017 to 2020. No, you got 2017 nope, right. No, 2015 to 2017. No, 2013 to 2017. Shoot. 
How many points does she currently have? She currently has 3,558, just so we're aware. Um, Caitlin Clark at 69. Sorry? Six, uh, 3,569 points after okay, last night's performance. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, stay hot, Alex. Um, <laughs> so she's just behind uh, Pete Maravich sitting at 3,667 points, and then uh, Detroit Mercy's Antoine Davis at 3,664 for the all-time record in uh, in basketball Division One, which is pretty cool. Like, she came into last night down four points of the record. No, and then, no. Yeah, Seven. She, she was, Eight. Eight to it's seven to tie, eight to break it. Yes. Okay, seven to tie, eight to break it. My apologies. Stay hot. <laughs> Stay hot. Not a numbers podcast. So yeah, she comes in last night, and all she needs to have is an average performance for her, which is like Brother, twenty points. You know, way less than average for her. Yeah, well, yeah, but like an average performance, you know, is for her is like twenty twenty five points, five assists, five six assists. She goes off last night. Yeah. 49 points, 13 assists. It was nine three pointers. Just like, didn't she? Like, I saw a clip. She pulled up from the logo, that basically. Was, that, was the, that was the one to break the record. Which yeah, is like, just, just. She needed eight points to break style it. style points. She needed eight like, points to break the record. She got the uh, Iowa's first eight, all eight points to start the mm-hmm. game. It was insanity. And 49 points is uh, not only a career high for her, but it's a program record uh, at Iowa, which is insane. So she also has the second highest points per game in women's NCAA history. It's like 28 Uh, or something, right? 28.3, and Patricia Hoskins is 28.4. Does she have every Iowa record at this point? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So it poises the question, is she like the best college female basketball player of all time? I think it's pretty does clear. She, I don't yeah, think, think. I think so. I don't think she has a ring. Do you, do you, does the True. NBA or the NCAA championship like solidify if she wins if she it this wins year? She wins it this year for sure. Yeah. So but they lost last year to LSU, I yeah. believe. Yes, Angel Reese. They yeah. did because uh, a- that's when Angel like did the finger yeah. towards mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Um. So you guys are on the like page of she needs to win the championship this year to be the best of all time. I think for me personally, I think she's like she's had the Steph Curry effect. Yeah, she, I basketball. agree right. personally. So, that's a good point. But uh, Curbs I, is here saying different, so that's why no, I'm no, his no. Opinion. I think she is already. Um, the ring would definitely solidify that for sure. But mm-hmm. I think she's the most impressive woman's college athlete I've seen in my lifetime, easily. Consensus number one pick in the she's, NBA, and they're getting a mi- over a million viewers each. Um, I- Iowa, yeah. Is? Like each uh, game, and it's yeah. they get a. I think they played on Super Bowl Sunday, and they still had over a million uh, viewers. Like the, the March Madness viewership is going to be. Oh insane. yeah, <laughs> she's oh, going yeah. to break records. Watch, watch Iowa get first rounded or some uh, shit. Oh my god, like, that'd be crazy. I hate to reference hockey here, but uh, Jack Hughes last night, uh, Victor Iverson, 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 yeah, He was chirping him on the way over to the box. He's like, P- people pay to see me kick. Caitlin Clark can literally say that to people. People pay to watch her. For That's sure. what they tune in for. They sure. want to see her cuz I I feel like she's like the Steph Curry. Like they wanted to pay to watch Steph Curry shoot threes from half court. They want to pay to watch her shoot threes from half court. And her it's it's so interesting how like off balance she is. I find in her form like it is a weird form. shots where it's like she's comfortable doing like side to side and then almost like her mm-hmm. body at like an angle when she's shooting it it's really wild but uh and it's it's clearly not just a dash up i mean with the consistency that she hits them uh but yeah just really impressive stuff i i would like to see her 
in this uh sabrina challenge. versus yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I would want to see that as well well yeah. to kind of i'm glad you brought that up eric because i just think it's a great time for the WNBA. uh obviously she's not drafted as of yet caitlin clark but to obviously break the record last night or two nights ago i should say thursday night um and then obviously have sabrina ionescu in the you know the three-point contest this weekend like it's big for women's basketball right now so if there's any time to do it, it would have been on thursday night to kind of just like keep the train going yeah. i love it. it uh who do you guys have in that by the way Saturday night. I think it's I think it's Sabrina. I think it's Sabrina. I have Steph. I I personally have Steph. I think it's gonna be close, but I do have Steph. I just saw a post today. He's practicing for it. He hit 105 straight threes. <laughs> like, come on. He's kind of a what, robot. What, what are we doing point? here? Come on. He is the greatest shooter of all time. Let's. That's not even a question. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I'll go Steph. I mean, I've. He's a pretty big favorite. Yeah. Oh, well, if it's that much of a favor, then I'll go Sabrina. I Sabrina's, know. Plus, you. Sabrina's plus 200. Yeah, I'll definitely take her then at those odds. I like that we're split. <laughs> I like that. Good work. So moving forward to, I think, a Mando-only topic. Well, I mean, anyone can jump in. It's <laughs> a snooze fest. So it's a no one else is interested. No, uh, just a brief recap if anyone has no. It's just Arizona Coyotes. I know we're jumping back to hockey, but uh, their future's kind of unclear. We're all over. Uh, Arizona's future is kind of unclear as it stands. The team's kind of in the midst of determining next steps for an arena deal to keep the team in the desert. Uh, so their lease on their former home at Gia River Arena in Glendale expired at the end of the 21-22 season. And they've since set up a temporary arrangement with Arizona State University, um, includes a three-year lease at Mullet Arena, of which they're in the second season of. I know they had a Tempe project going in 2023, but it was scrapped following a vote by Tampa residents to reject yeah. the proposals, like I think a $2.1 million, a billion dollar development in the city. And it's interesting because it's kind of like Gary Bettman's baby, Arizona. Um, but he said the fate of the franchise will be discussed in the next few weeks. I just feel like our listeners can kind of keep an eye out for that, and we'll, we'll jump on it if anything changes. I know Marty Walsh, um, head of the NHL Players Association, was pretty rattled too. I think they had he had said they'd passed a couple deadlines to give them updates on an arena project, and that just kind of doesn't fly. Um, so I don't know. Are we gonna are we gonna see uh, the Yotes uh, in the man. next few seasons make a change? What's happening? Uh, just just to before we get to that topic. Uh, Fly on the wall here, uh, sent me a little birdie, said that from tweet from Leah Morrell, uh at 209, the Arizona Coyotes officially announced a direct-to-consumer streaming service called the Coyotes Central. Monthly subscriptions will cost $11.99, and the remainder of the 2023-2024 season is $24.99. So are they, are they trying to raise money for a building this way? 25 bucks for the remainder of this season? And it's eleven bucks a month for the next season. Something's not enough. They better there. make the playoffs. No, if no, that's no. The case. For the remainder, yeah. Sorry, it is. So monthly subscriptions are twelve dollars a month. There's like two. Wait, but then where did you get the twenty five from? Twenty five is for the rest of this year. Like with oh, twenty five. Like I guess the a rest flat fee, yeah, I guess. Because okay. there's only twenty five games left. Yeah, yeah. I thought so, you were saying per month. So is that like trying to raise money for this new project that they're trying to propose? I think the implication... Sorry to take you away, Mando, there. Sorry, no, you're good. You're good. I think the assumption, if you're announcing something like that, is that you're planning to stick around next year. Um, I don't know if, like, you're saying it's a pre-order thing. You can just go out and... That's just the tweet. Like, that's literally the, what was written in the tweet by uh, Leah uh, Moral. Anyways, I regardless of what that significance is, I think they need just... 
to to move. I know it's mm-hmm. the hard thing, and I know it sucks for fans in Arizona, but it's embarrassing for the league. It's embarrassing for the players that they've they've been this long in this building. Um, I know it was fun for the first little bit, the mullet magic. I'm I'm all for that, but uh, this is a professional franchise, and it's not acting very professionally. I don't think it's necessarily like they got to move. I I do think like Arizona has had some good uh, fan bases in the past. And I don't think I do think they have traction there. I just think more from an NHL standpoint, you got to hurry up and make this decision because it's been going on. They've been dragging this on for what three years now. Yeah, like it's just yeah. been going on and on and on. Just make a decision on what you want to do with this franchise. Either get it out of there or commit to it and actually come up with a plan for next season. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? No, Matt Ishba of the Phoenix Suns owner, like, I think he pulled out of a, an option to buy. So it's just like, man, I think the the options are running low. You got a guy like Ryan Smith in Salt Lake City that wants to jump in on a proposal for the NHL. So it's like, there's people waiting in line. Uh, blank or get off the pot at this point. You know what I mean? For Arizona? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. It yeah. just seems kind of like it's time. Yeah. I agree. Um, just wrapping up our sports segment, uh, pod, part of the podcast, um, is Blue Jay Spring Training. Boys, yes, sir. Back. we're back. So pitchers and catchers reported um, Thursday morning. Um, so I think a few position players also joined for the Blue Jays in Dunedin, Florida. And the remainder of position players are, and with full squad workouts, is set to take place on February 20th. So just off the bat, Manoa looks good, slimmed down, was throwing heat. Uh, I saw Kikuchi and Bassett were next to him, looking good as well with warm-ups. Uh, Jackson, you're the pod's baseball guy. Yes, I'll sir. throw it over to you, my friend. Um, yeah, Manoa doesn't Oops. just look good. He looks sick. Give context, bud. You you are the baseball he's, guy because he's you probably are lost, the pitcher. He's probably lost 35 pounds. Um, the biggest issue with him last year was – the pitch clock and how a big man like himself, how is it he was going to maneuver that? The new rule obviously didn't work out too well. He's lost weight. He looks focused. He's got the longer hair, a sexy beard, I might add. That's new, brand new this year. Um, and he's he's uh, realizing like his mistakes last year. He here's a here's a quote: when you're when you get your butt kicked, you want to start the new year with a fresh slate. I'm super excited for the boys this year, and I'm super excited to get after it to help this year. Who's that from? Manoa. No, no. I mean, like, where do you, where do you say this? Uh, yesterday, spring training. <laughs> okay. Thanks. What? I just was wondering where he said it. Like, when he when he said it. Like, was it earlier in the off season, or was it no, or no, later no. in the it off was, season, or was it like just like it was, yesterday, basically? It was yesterday on his way out out the door. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he looks good. The whole staff looks good. Um, big news, not really big news. Eduardo Escobar. Signed mm-hmm. to a minor league mm-hmm. contract. Mm-hmm. The Jays got their guy <laughs> with a with a major major league camp invite. Yeah, so he he was there this morning. Um, gonna be honest, he wasn't good last year at all. Really, <laughs> he, hit, <laughs> he hit 226 in 99 games. He was battling injuries. Uh, 269 OBP and a 344 slugging. That's very bad. Um, but it's just a minor league deal. Across 99 games. Yeah, just a minor league deal. You can't really get too upset about it. If he doesn't pan out, whatever. It's not like we signed him for big bucks. Um, but he has had a successful – he has been successful in the past. 2021 All-Star, 28 home runs, 22 in 2021. So there's, there's an upside there. He hits lefties well, which the Jays kind of need. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be tough to make that – to make that 26-man open day uh, roster with the infield depth that we have. I would 
I would agree with that. Uh, just by hearing Ross Atkins' words yesterday, he said if we add something big, it means that we're going to have to subtract something. So um, if he's added to the mix, what are you subtracting? And, like, it, anyone, it would be one of those young, like a... Uh, Kevin Biggio, like... Like a Ernie Clement, more than likely. Um Biggio's on the team, although he does have a bit of a shoulder issue right that's, now. Yeah, that's why I just mentioned his. That, that's the only reason. I'm not yeah. saying he wouldn't be on the team, but like just because of the shoulder issue right now, like do you think that he could step in there while Biggio kind of recovers? Or I, I think it's very precautionary in minor Biggio. I think he'll be ready for spring training. It's going to be more so the the guys that haven't proven it yet that don't make the the 26 man roster. Mm-hmm. But Eduardo might not make it as well. That's still up in the air. Um, yeah. and then right, Yariel Rodriguez, we signed him, uh, out of the Japanese league. He hasn't pitched since 2022. Uh, he was actually sitting out last year in protest. He wanted to leave his Japanese team, uh, the Chunichi Dragons, but, Say hot. but they wouldn't, but they wouldn't grant his release. So he sat out of protest. Um, very, very good numbers before that 2022 and before, um, throws hard. He's he was a reliever for in Japan, but before that he was a starter and he throws like a hundred. So we'll see how that works out. Um, they might start him in the minors and work up his, uh, his confidence and his arm back. Um, and then eventually go to the big squad. But yeah, that's, that's an exciting signing as well. We should probably also quickly mention that we're going to be at spring training mm-hmm. in Florida yeah. uh, as a part of our school. So that'll be some, uh, exciting Stuff to see. Yeah, exclusive content. (laughs) Boots on the ground down in Florida. We'll see if we can uh, find any good scoops to bring to the the podcast. And the Jays are going to be a hot commodity topic over the next, what, four weeks, month? Yeah, yeah. until the season starts. Yeah, so we'll be mentioning more about them uh, as spring training progresses. And um, I'm pretty sure players don't have to report until February 25th. I know a couple of them are already there in Dunedin, but I don't think they have to officially be there until February 25th. So we'll talk more when that news or when that gets here, and we might have a guest or two to come on and talk about that. Yeah, setting the tone. Uh, No, I'm pumped. Boys of Summer are back, and uh, I think it's going to be awesome. Jackson, over, under, amount of games you go to this year. (sighs) Set it at like 15. Since you're in Toronto, it's going to be easier, too. Yeah, and tickets are pretty cheap. 15? That's a pretty good number. I'm going to go slightly over that. I would like to attend 15 games. I already have. Awesome. We're already going for one for an assignment. I already have tickets for another one, so that's two right there. So, I like it. Um, question about your uh, student units. This is going to be the second segment of it. Um, my My first question would be, do you have a bet for someone that has never bet before for this weekend that you would say – if you want to throw a little bit of money on it, if you're interested in gambling just a little bit, this is something that you should take a look at. Well, not Sabrina, that's for sure. Like a classmate <laughs> deposited today and, and deposited and placed money on her right away. Um, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path here <laughs> and go Alex Volkanovsky money line in UFC Saturday night. He's minus 125. I think he should be a much heavier favorite than that. Um that would be a fun, a good fun sweat as your first wager. So, are you saying money line or just money, money line by uh, money line, it? just to win, okay, just to win the fight, yeah. As the other resident gambler on the podcast, yeah, we've decided we're gonna like 
keep track of our bets all all year long and see who has the higher percentage. Yeah. <laughs> and um, loser has to do a punishment live. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Decided right now on healthy scratches. So I have one bet for this weekend. We're recording on Friday. This is for Saturday. Um, I said four, bro. Well, I only have one. I'm keeping it uh, cautionary it's this a, weekend. It's a hard weekend to like. It's a lot of good NHL games. So what? and a lot of that means a lot of good wagers, dude. Uh, no guaranteed locks though. Also, not the the props aren't necessarily uh, out there yet. So. I don't hear Eric's bets. I'm just hearing excuses. To be, to be honest, <laughs> let's let the man speak live. Yeah. So my my bet is Buffalo Sabres money line. And under six and a half versus the Minnesota Wild. That's you could probably that for plus two eighty. Um, Minnesota has won four in a row, all four games in February. But the Sabers have won six of their last eight versus Minnesota. So um, I have a feeling Minnesota's a pretty streaky team, but they haven't won more than four games in a row this season. This is going to be the time. This is a, uh, a bad beat here. I like the Sabers as the underdog. Um, and as for the under. Minnesota uh, allowing 1.67 goals against in February. Uh, so very uh, low-scoring game. And as for the Sabres, they are only allowing 2.13 goals against per game since the New Year started. So very low-scoring. I can feel it. Um, so you can get that at plus 280. Before we go to you, Jackson, on the next one, I'm riding with you if I'm a gambling man on that one, uh, Eric, because I think, didn't they just, like, blow out the yeah, LA Kings 7 nothing? Yeah, a I was going to say, the, they're only, on a roll. the only thing about the under is they uh, like their offense kind of exploded mm. earlier this week. So I just don't know, like, that's sustainable from them or that's just going to be, like, a one-off type of game and then we're going to see a low-scoring game. I, uh, I forgot to mention while I was uh, – Hyping up Alec Manoa. <laughs> He's plus 20,000 to win the AL Cy Young. Get it while it's hot. <laughs> plus 20,000. How, how much are you sprinkling on that? I'm, I haven't yet, to be honest. Um, but how, I will. But you're recommending to get it while it's hot. I know. I'm not. This isn't part of my as my student units. I'm oh, just okay. saying. I'm just throwing okay. it out there to the okay. public. It's, he's plus 20,000 if you're like what you've seen on uh, social media so far. All right, am I getting into these picks? I think you dive head for student units round two. Let's fucking let's go. Um, <laughs> to keep it on the hockey theme, Vegas Golden Knights money line minus one twenty five Saturday night. Carolina is coming off a of back to back. Their backup goalie is not very good. Um, and then let's roll over to the NBA festivities Saturday night. Um, Mac McClung, white boy with the bunnies. He's coming off a win last year. He's going for number two. He's minus one. He's actually minus 190 alone now. I have that parlayed with my beloved Ottawa Senators money line. Those two together, plus 137. Sen's coming off a tough loss to Anaheim. They're playing Chicago. Another bad team. Talk about a heater. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, were, they were on a four-game heater. Not so much anymore. Lost 5-1 to the Ducks. Yeah, that's tough. But, hey, it starts again tomorrow, uh, tonight. Um, Three-point contest. I like Dame Lillard and Jalen Brunson. Lillard is plus 425, and Brunson is plus 650. You take both of those, one of them hits. Uh, you still profit a good amount of money. One of them will hit, that's for sure. Um, I like Alex Volganovsky, uh, as I mentioned earlier, minus 125 money line. And the last one I'm going to do, this is my fifth bet. I know I said to keep it to four. It's a future. College baseball starts today. Mm. 
Who you got? Wake. It's a future. Wake Forest to make the College World Series at minus 105. They made the Final Four last year. They lost to LSU, uh, who eventually won the whole thing. Uh, they ca- this program's similar to last year, though. They recruited very well in the offseason. I'll believe they'll use that experience they got last year and get them over the hump. And I think they make the finals, minus 105, Wake Forest. So are they favorites to win the whole thing right now? I believe they are even odds with LSU okay. to, to win the whole thing. Cool. So your record could potentially be 5-0 and <laughs> and mine could be 1-0. Yeah. So we both have the same winning percentage. But well, Or I could go 3-2 and two and I'm at 60%. It's percentage. It's not. It's percentage. So the more bets you place. So you're a volume shooter. I am a volume shooter. Yes, yeah. spray and pray. That's, yeah. <laughs> Going forward, we should have the same amount of bets. I think uh, yeah. Eric didn't understand the assignment on this one. Not no, me. no. I Mine. think you went over prepared, and you over prepared for this. Assignment. I have four wagers, and then the future. Maybe we'll do a little side. Also have a side thing. You also threw out Alec Manoa. That, well, that's not part of the graphic. <laughs> that's off the record. That's, that's off the record, but I, on the record. Eh? As a Jays fan, I just had to check those odds, seeing those videos of his bullpen and how good he looks. Awesome stuff. Any last words before we wrap things up today? I think that's not it. really. I just. A good week. Good yeah. week. First, first uh, week with two episodes. So I think we're going to stay with this. It feels good. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. Um, if it's too much, let us know in the comments. Hopefully not. But otherwise, yeah, great round. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to Episode 3, Healthy Scratches Podcast. Uh, and we will see you next Wednesday.